0: thanks for tuning in to the Bethany Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message helps you grow in your faith with Christ. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on at Bethany or GIF, you can visit us online at bethanysite.com or download our mobile app. Well, happy New Year's weekend. I hope you've had a wonderful, wonderful time with your friends your family however you celebrated uh this christmas holiday i know for our family it was a wonderful wonderful time we had all our family and kids home and it was just a fun fun time and as we move towards new year's and new year's weekend whether it's happened or it hasn't there's all this stuff that happens around new year's there's parades there's parties you have to decide am i going out am i staying in am i not celebrating at all Am I gonna watch that that weird shiny ball that drops down in New York City and for some reason we all watch until the New Year starts? We also have this thing called New Year's resolutions. And if if you know what I'm talking about, you probably have some of the carnage to memorialize this concept. Maybe you have that that treadmill that's just sitting in the corner and has an inch of dust on it and you've hung a ton of clothes on it at this point. Maybe you have some of those those diet supplements that that we've gotten in the past years to try and figure out how to lose a little bit of weight or, or maybe you have that that auto pay on a gym membership that you totally forgot about. and It's been running for years and years like I discovered this last year and ended up canceling so now i feel like i have a little bit more money there's all these resolutions that we we have and and really it centers around us thinking about how we seek change in our lives i i I don't know if you've ever thought of this but at the end of a year we always are are looking back to the past year and looking at all the things that we did wrong went wrong and how can i improve my life by changing things from that last year and Really, we, it's weird because we, we don't look at the things that went well, most likely. We, we, we more often than not are looking at all the things that went wrong and, and how we need to change and fix them and get better as, as a person. Have you ever thought about why we do that? I know for myself, it can be a a bit overwhelming as I think about that thought. I'm just overwhelmed by the feelings that I I have to do things different. I have to live better. I got to lose weight. I got to get in better shape. I got to be better, be more successful. All the things that run through our heads. I got to reset my life again and recreate myself. And, and all this is happening, and there's a lot of those things that can can totally uh, be good things as we, we set goals at the beginning of a year, if, if that's the kind of thing you do. even Even spiritual goals, like maybe I'm going to pray more or read the Bible more. All these things can be really, really good things, but, but a lot of times we, we create these huge expectations, and we, we go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up at 4 a.m. and work out two hours, then I'm going to read the Bible for three hours, I'm going to work really hard, and by the end of a few weeks, it's like, man, that's way too hard, and we lose it, and we're back to living the life we were. So it can be kind of overwhelming and frustrating. So maybe you haven't planned a, a, a resolution. Maybe, maybe like me, I don't, I don't do resolutions anymore. I, I, just, I just really focus on a, a constant, like I'm trying to grow and get better. Maybe for you, you don't do that. But, but maybe I think you can understand that, that stressor of, of feeling like there's a pressure in our world and culture to, towards change. There's an, an author that, that quotes. A, a, I love this quote. His name's William S. Burroughs. He quotes kind of what we're talking about. He says, "When you stop growing, you start dying." And for many of us, we've, we've adapted this concept and reworded it and, and said, "Like, hey, if you're not growing and changing, you're dying," and that can really even spill over to our spiritual lives. As you think about how we're called to be sanctified or to grow closer and closer and more and more like God, it, it's this idea that in Romans 12 talks about being transformed and renewing your mind, and God's gently trying to to redeem us back to that original designed relationship with himself. And oftentimes, in the midst of all this change, we can just desire and be fearful of it because because it, We we long for something else. We long for stability, dependency, consistency, and and all those things pile up on us, and we don't want risk, and we often try to live our lives where we're we're, we're almost like in this picture of, of comfort where we're sitting on our favorite couch, curled up with our favorite blanket, maybe reading our favorite book, the fires on, the perfect music, favorite TV show, and nothing can hurt us. And yet we live in just total inconsistency and instability and into this up and down life. And it can feel a lot like a roller coaster. I don't know, don't know if you like roller coasters or don't like ro- roller coasters. I love roller coasters, but here's the thing. My body doesn't really tell me it likes roller coasters. I ride a roller coaster, and I feel nauseous. I feel a little dizzy, and it, so it takes me like 15 minutes to reset, and then I get to do it again. But I love the thrill of riding it and the, the G-forces that you feel. And, and so a few years ago, we went to, to – uh, Florida and we got to go to some theme parks and it it was super fun with our family and one of the theme parks we went to was was uh, Universal Studios and we walked in the first day and the first ride we saw was this huge roller coaster the incredible Hulk coaster and the line was short and we're so like we just jumped in line, we're like, let's just do it right now, get it out of the way. And so we jump in and we go through the line real quick and, and suddenly we're getting in the cars and they're, they're putting the safety stuff down over our shoulders and then it's three, two, one, and you hear this Hulk roar and you just shoot up this hill and you feel the G-forces and suddenly you, you start to twist upside down as you're going into a loop and then another loop and the corkscrew and then, and then things just got crazy. And in the midst of that, as I was flipping upside down, my world started to get a little smaller as things got a little darker. And suddenly, as I was riding the ride, I was like, I think I might black out. It was that intense a ride for my body. I did not black out. I got to about here. But, but as I was getting off the ride, I thought, man, I need a real long reset. I think life can feel like that for a lot of us there's there 's highs there 's lows there 's thrills there 's turns' there 's ups there 's downs, and sometimes it can get so intense that we can feel like the walls are closing in and we can 't control things and for some of us, we even lose control of things for for time and it 's tough it 's t- tough and it, amidst that we 're in this life where where there 's constant change and we 're pressing towards growing. So in this new year, things might be tough for you. Things might be coming up that you know are hard. Maybe you're mourning the loss of a of a loved one, or maybe you know that there's a pending move or a a job change that just happened or is going to happen. Maybe you've got some health issues that you're dealing with. Or maybe, maybe your home is feeling a little more empty as some of your your kids have gone off to college or moved out of the house and it's a little more empty, a little quieter, a little lonelier. Or maybe for you, you're like, I, I can't wait for this year. There's, there's some great things coming and I can't wait for 2023 to get going because I can't wait for that thing that's going to happen. Maybe these changes are, are great things. Maybe they're tough things. But, but amidst all of that, we live in this, this world of a constant state of change. And yet there's one thing that is constant that I want to talk about today. And that constant is that, that God is with us and he never changes. Check out Hebrews 13:8 that talks about that a little bit. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I love this verse because it says Jesus Christ was the same way back as far as I can think and see in history, he's the same right now as we're talking and he's the same as we look out into the future as far as we can see and think and dream. He's always the same. He's un changing And so I want to look at a scripture that kind of talks about that uh, from an author in the New Testament called James. And James is a really cool guy. He's very unique because he was the brother of Jesus. Can you imagine being the brother of Jesus and living under the shadow of the Son of God being your brother? The guy that you played with, maybe swung on the swings with, and then all of a sudden he's Jesus. And everybody wants to get get a look at him, and he's healing people, and it's just incredible. He must have lived under this huge... Shadow of his brother. I know for my brother, he he felt similar to that, as he was my younger brother, and he's a few years younger than me. And 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 as he came into high school, he he didn't go by his own name. He went as Stu's brother. And I don't know if you have that situation in your life or not, or maybe you have someone that, that has kind of felt like you've been in the shadow of them, but, but it can be hard, and that's where James is coming from. But yet he's a leader in the Christian movement after Jesus has died, and he writes this letter to believers, and, and he understands something. He understands that, that as humans, we're challenged with self-deception. So we're going to pick it up in chapter 1, verse 16, the book is James. If you want to follow along in your Bible, you can. We're also going to have all the words up on the screen as we, as we read along. And we're just going to look at the, kind of the middle of, of his letter where he talks a little bit about this idea of God being unchanging. So let's read verse 16 through 18 together. It says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So James, kind of, where we pick up his letter, he says, don't be deceived. And he's actually referencing something that j- he just had written about a few verses before where the, the folks he's talking to, his, his early ancient time audience, is, is dealing with this idea of struggling with trials and temptations. And there's a couple problems that they're dealing with. They're dealing with this problem that they feel like maybe God has a, a role in it and God is the one that's, that's tempting me. And so in verse 13, he kind of answers that and says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God cannot be tempted by evil. He's, he's not the one that ever tempts anyone, he's saying. And so so that's the answer to that deception. The second deception they're struggling with is, is that they maybe don't play a role in this deception at all. They're looking at who else plays a role, and, and James answers that question in verse 14. He says, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire, and enticed. Circle that word "own." I, I love the scriptures like that. And, and so James is saying, it's not someone you can point a finger at. It's not God. It's not somebody else. I love that saying when you say you point a finger at somebody thirty, you're pointing back at you. Uh, that's exactly what James is talking about. He's saying, it's not somebody else, it's you. It's your own evil desires that are tempting you and enticing you. And James says, don't be deceived. You see, James understands that, that our faith in God has some, some challenges and struggles, and, and maybe we, we are susceptible still to temptation. And I love how he talks about it because he talks about all these deceptions that we can have. And there's so many deceptions in our lives. I I thought of just a few that we kind of struggle with in our world. One One is comparison. Comparison is such a deceiver as we, we look side to side instead of to the one that should really be giving us our worth and, and, and who we think we are. And, and so we look to one side, I want to be like that person. I want to live like that person. And then the innovation of, of the internet and social media, we're able to, to just f- scroll through and see all these perfect lives that we can compare over and over. And it's such a deception to what real life is all about and what God tells us real life is about, a relationship with him. So that can be a huge deception. I know pride and arrogance are a struggle and challenging, and yet Jesus came and modeled this this life of humility and servitude. It's really the world saying, no, no, we, we reward pride, we reward arrogance. Those people are the ones that should be in charge of things. And God's saying, no, that's not how I want you to live. That is another deception. Lust. I think lust is a hard one because it it veils itself as love so often in our world. And the world's saying, lust is really love. And God's saying, no, that's not real love. This is love. My word is love. How I love you is love. And lust can deceive us in so many ways. And finally, one other one I thought of was selfishness. When we look at things through the lens of me, through the lens of I, and we're constantly saying, I want this, I, 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 instead of we and, and looking to what other people's feelings are, it can be so damaging and we, it can deceive us. And as we're seeking change in our life and we're constantly looking for change, it can sometimes create deception and misbelief where we start to believe that, that I'm more important, my thoughts are more important than anyone else's, And it can be a huge deception. And so James says, don't be deceived. And then he goes on and and affirms what is good. He says, don't be deceived. And then there's this almost uh, unspoken because. And he says, because every good and perfect gift is from above. Again, circle that word every. Notice he doesn't say some of or certain things are, are perfect and good. He says, every all of the perfect and good gifts are from above and it's such a powerful statement because because, because God is those things he is perfect and he is good and they all come from him. And I don't know about you, but I've I've received some some pretty good gifts. Maybe you've received an awesome gift this this Christmas and you're like, that is the best gift I've ever received. I can remember back to when I was eight years old and and I, I was dreaming for this special gift. And I thought, if I get this gift it will be the best Christmas ever. And I watched this show called Battlestar Galactica. And I saw this this life size battleship, the spaceship of of that show and I was like I'm putting that on my wish list. It came with a helmet, with a microphone, kind of like I have on now. Uh, and, and it was just cool. But I thought there's, there's probably slim to no chance that I'm going to get this. But I'm going to put it on my wish list because it's Christmas. And so I run up at Christmas and I'm so excited, hoping that I see that Battlestar Galactica. And I'm looking at the gifts as I get up under the tree. And I'm like, there's no gift wrapped that's big enough for that Battlestar Galactica. And so I'm like, well, I guess I didn't get it. I guess that, that's okay, you know. I, I bet I have some really other cool gifts. And as I'm walking around the tree, I'm looking at some of the other things that have my name on it. Suddenly I, I see something out of my peripheral vision behind the tree. It's, it's white, and I, I start to walk further around, and, and there it is. The Battlestar Galactica, it was so big, my parents didn't even want to wrap it. They just set it back there, and I pulled it out, and I, I stood next to it. My mom took a picture that I, I still have of this huge spaceship, and I thought, there cannot be a better gift at eight years old. I was like, this is the, the ultimate And of course, as you know, as we grow and we change, things change. And within a year or two, I'd had another perfect gift, and that one had failed me, and something else was perfect. And so as you've gotten these perfect gifts, I think we all can understand that those perfect gifts fail us. But but what James is trying to make sure we understand is that perfect and good gifts, they only come from above. From above, and, and they're based around consistency and dependency and stability and, and that unchanging nature of God. Well, the, the verse continues uh, as he says, these gifts from, come from above. He says, they're coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And that... that father of heavenly lights is a term that they used in the ancient world to kind of reference God and and they referenced him as the creator god that created the the sun and the moon and the stars the things that create life light that are that are unchanging but yet he it uses this this thing that does change the shadows that are created by the light they do move and change so it's really he's really speaking to our world and how it changes but yet how the God, the creator, never changes. And you know, when you think about our world, we live in this, this scientific world, really. And when we think of, of consistent things, you can kind of think around those, those terms, consistent things that are, are predictable, they're mechanical, and so when you think in terms of me- mechanical things in our world, you can think of all kinds of things that are consistent. We build mechanics that are consistent and, and do a thing over and over. And, you know, computers, they're built to do tasks that we tell them to do. And now they don't always work the way we want. And I would say that that's, for me, that's usually user error. Sometimes it's hardware error, but, but it's a machine. It's built to do things when we tell them to do them. And they're very consistent. They're very predictable. And, or maybe you think of the world in terms of, of scientific things, and like gravity. Gravity is so predictable. It's consistent. If I throw a ball up in the air, gravity tells me that I can catch it because it's going to come right back to me. If I jump off this stage, gravity tells me that, that I'm going to fall until I land or until someone catches me. That is predictable. Gravity and and. and Computers are are so predictable, and we understand them, and yet they're they're unfeeling, and they're they're, they're they work in spite of us, really. They, they work in spite of us, and yet we're we're messy, and we're we're complicated humans. And like I said, we we live this roller coaster life that changes, and there's all kinds of stuff going on, and yet we live in a world where we look at things that are unchanging uh, as as predictable but yet kind of apathetic to what's going on in our world and sometimes we can apply that view of of predictable consistent things to God and say "Well, well God must be apathetic to us also because that's how we view consistent predictable things and nothing could be further than to the truth in that, because, because God is so different. He's not apathetic. He loves his creation, and God's unchanging attributes, his purposes, his character, they don't make him ap- apathetic. They make a firm foundation for us that it talks about in verse 18. It shows us that foundation. It says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. I love how he finishes this little section by saying that that he chose to 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 make his creation uh, have this unchanging truth, and that was found in in the word of truth or the scripture and that is what we can put our firm foundation on the, the god that 's the giver of all good gifts. But our enjoyment in those gifts needs to be held open-handedly, not clenched and held on to because, because we know that those things will fail us. Earthly things will fail us, but God never changes. He will never fail us. And, and the result of that, the posture that, that we're called to, is this, this idea of first fruits to his redemption of his creation. And that's an interesting term that they used in ancient uh, times where where they really when a crop came the first things that the first fruits of the crop they would they would give as an offering to God or to the priest with the hope that that their entire crop would be blessed and be be awesome. And so this is the idea as first fruits as current Christians we become the beginning not the end or the middle of God's cre- entire creation redeemed back to himself. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. God's our unchanging foundation in a world that is that is so full of change and presses toward change. And as we enter a new year, we have the freedom not to to hold on with clenched fists to the last gift and then look towards the, the next gift and and look at that, but understand that, that earthly gifts will fail us, but but the perfect and good gifts come from the God above. We have the opportunity to work. For the goodness, the justice, and beauty standing on this firm foundation that that James talked about. This firm foundation of salvation brought to us by the blood of Jesus where he he rescued us from ourselves, from our sin, and saved us. What a beautiful picture and a picture of how God, who who is always faithful to his promises, comes through every time for us. So in this new year, as we're, we're thinking about what we're going to change in your life and, and living in this world, remember what your firm foundation can be put on. Put on the word of truth. And that the God of this universe, the God of creation, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for, for who you are and that you don't change and that we can put our, our faith in that firm foundation, God. Despite us living in a crazy world that's constantly changing and feels out of control, we can, we can rely on you and rely on, on you being unchanging forever. We pray this all in your name.